0: types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches in PR and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. startup, one of the challenges that is often faced is finding the right supplier for your business, particularly one that can manufacture small and minimum quantities. Today, I am joined by Zichi, one of the co-founders of Resource Fashion, who have established the business to help combat that problem. So, thank you very much for joining me today, ZT Hi, Nicole. So, nice meeting you. You too. Now, it's a very new model that you have uh, produced. What made you Tell me a little bit about yours and Tatiana's background and how you came to to set up the business model.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, So both Tatiana and I, we are from China and uh, we are college friends. So we came to the U.S. pretty much same time, 2014, and then we graduated from school uh, after a few years and we both went to Duke. Um, After graduation, we both worked at corporate companies, respectively, investment banking and consulting. So (laughs) two big ones uh, for for our school. And we did not particularly like it. So she started to explore different areas. Um, She started a lot of different initiatives, all helping e-commerce founders. Uh, I think both of us have this urge to come up with solutions to help these group of people, because both our families are technically small business owners in China, and we feel very empathetic towards this group of people. And both of us apparently love entrepreneurship, and we want to build products that essentially empower entrepreneurship. So um, we met in college, but we did not know each other very well. And we somehow got reconnected the summer of 2020, Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started to talk more about what she's doing at the time I was still at consulting company. And over time, we started to realize that it might be a good idea for us to try out building something together. Uh, we have very different personalities. She's really um, like detail driven and she's mm-hmm. very good at execution, whereas I'm more like people person and very um, creative creative driven. So I feel like it's, it's a really good combination when we work together. And uh, my mom has been in apparel production space for two decades, uh, meaning that she has a company in China, in Guangzhou, helping a lot of big companies, um, doing a lot of manufacturing, exporting work for the past two decades. She has an office of 20 employees, covering functions from sample rooms to Everything, you know, following up with the order, shipping, etc. And um, because of that, we thought it would be cool for us to try out starting a fashion brand. Just see, you know, first of all, see how we work together, but also experience what it, it feels like to actually run the brand. And mm-hmm. um, be- because if we want to essentially eventually build something for this group of people, we want to understand them very well and see what the pinpoint would be when doing that so we started a fashion brand called znt style it's still on instagram you'll be able to see um and it's it's such a early stage entrepreneurial (laughs) grassroots effort i remember we did all of the photo shooting at my home Uh, i bought like the backdrop the lighting equipment and even borrowed the camera um from amazon and then we return everything the next day <laughs> so it's like a very very you know very early stage very, and lean. <laughs> very lean uh very frugal as well uh but we got things up and um we started to you know um sourcing stuff from china and we realized that even though both of us are chinese apparently uh, we are native speakers. We're able to talk to manuf- manufacturers with no issue. And we even have some support in China. Like my mom can yeah. always help us check stuff. Still, the, the entire process was horrible. Like things were delayed and we, when we received the product, 30 pieces were missing. We weren't sure if it was missing because of the shipping or because of the manufacturer, just a lot of like logistical issues that were under were not under our
0: control. And I suppose if we just give a bit of context in that, so for some people that may not have be, they may have not have started their journey on their brand yet, you know, finding, like I said, finding a supplier can be one of the most difficult challenges, especially one that will um, accept smaller quantities. So places you can find a supplier, you can look on LinkedIn, you can look on Alibaba, you can look on other platforms like Common Objective, Sourcing Playground. But essentially it's a lot of time spent researching. And trying to find that right fit supplier for you. And then if you're based in the country in, in your own country and they're based in Turkey or China or Bangladesh or Pakistan, wherever they might be based, you know, you're not on the ground. You can't go and see them. There is a language barrier. And I think initially as well, one of the biggest hurdles, like I said, is more the minimum order quantity, because generally most suppliers won't accept orders less than 200 i've found you know yeah. suppliers, it will do maybe 100 but usually it's 200 plus you know so if you're starting out and you want to make a range of eight items you know then you're you're talking eight items times 200 for each one and you don't know what's going to work so it's you have, your initial mm-hmm. outlay on product can be expensive and if you you know and trying to find that right supplier for you um can be a long and sometimes, and costly as well, because sometimes you might work with the wrong supplier, and and all yeah. other things. And what I when I first found your and heard about your business, I was like, you know, when you have those moments and you think, wow, how come this doesn't exist already? You know, you know that that's always when it's a good idea when you're thinking, gosh, this sounds so great. How come, you know, why hasn't this existed before? So. You went through your own brand and you understood the problems. And like you said, having support in the country, being able to speak the language, you still found the issues. So that led you to set up resource fashion with Tatiana. So talk more about uh, resource fashion then and how it differs to what's out there and how it works.
1: Yeah, so uh, very well said. And to summarize the pain points or the problems that people normally face when they first start a fashion brand, especially if they have their own design that they want to go into production, I think there are mainly four four issues out there. The first one is minimum order quantity that we already talked about. So oftentimes when brands just started, they don't really know what's going to sell, what's not going to sell. But on the manufacturer side, economically speaking, it only makes sense to start from a certain number because they tend to invest heavily into the brand's new style development upfront. Like everything from fabric sourcing to uh, doing the prototyping for two to three rounds, these are all time and capital costing for manufacturers. So it makes every sense for them to want to 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 want to have a minimum order quantity. No blame mm-hmm. on manufacturers yeah. there. Uh, and second problem that brands yeah. normally face is a quality as we already talked about, especially if you have a manufacturer that's outside the US, um, it's very hard to conduct quality check before things are shipped out. And once you already receive them, you realize there's a problem. Um, It's quite impossible to ship back and redo the work. The shipping cost can be pretty high, especially if you do air shipping in these Mm -hmm. days, people choose to do that. And, even when you have a sample that's agreed upon by both sides, the bulk production can look different. Every round, the fabric can be different. The color can be different. So without someone over the production site being able to check each process step by step, it is very easy to have issues. And uh, when, when we first started doing this, I remember we have a mentor uh, who is an FIT professor that told us that in the apparel production world, everything that can go wrong oftentimes goes wrong. <laughs> and uh, as we do more work in the field, we start to really realize what he says is pretty much true. So mm-hmm. it's a very error-prone process. And in order to guarantee good quality there's a lot of work that needs to be done. It's not a simple transaction where you pay for the money, you get the goods that you yeah. expect to get. And uh, the third thing is timeline. So as we already talked about it as well, uh, manufacturers, they probably will tend to like prioritize big orders and with the emerging brands, their order all the quantities slightly smaller, like under a hundred, it's already really small for many manufacturers. And with that, uh, the timeline can be extended over and over because manufacturers have so many other priorities coming up and it's very hard to push them through when, when they have their own priorities set up. So yeah. um, also, if you do it domestically, uh, manufacturers themselves have their own capacity issue. So it's not necessarily that you, when, if you work with one manufacturer, if they don't have capacity, there is nothing they can do. And that's why we have a very much Uber EAT model. We have a number of manufacturers in the network and we can quickly identify which ones are available at a time. So we're able to feed the order to the ones that are already available. The timeline is going to be much better in that way. And finally, the last point is... I'm sure whoever has done this process understand the pain of back and forth communication and the mismanagement of all of the files. So my mom has been in the industry for two decades where she served big customers like Topshop and the way of working has not changed in the industry Mm. for the past two decades, which is insane. Uh, Things are done through emails, phone calls, chat groups, um, a lot of, you know, sending the files back and forth. And it's really hard for um, for brands to locate where things are or to keep track of what is going on in each, every single sample. So because of that, we also build our proprietary um, digital supply chain dashboard where everything is clearly outlined and brands will be able to check the status any real time. And the data that they see is perfectly linked up to the data that our China team is logging in. So everything is real time. Uh, It's very effective and efficient for for brands to track as well.
0: And so my question was going to be to you, what's your vetting process for the suppliers that you allow on the platform?
1: Yeah, so we're very early stage, right? So for now, uh, some of the manufacturers are from the manufacturers. My mom's company has been working with for the past two decades. So they're really trustworthy, uh, high quality and good people, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're in the business for so long, you only work with people that you trust and Mm. are good, right? So that's the first layer of filtering system. But over time, we are right now also, my co-founder is back in China because we do think it's very important for us to build face-to-face connection with manufacturers we work with. So it's gonna be a lot of um, site visit. We go to their site, we make sure that they have the right equipment, um, they are treating their employees right. And um, we talk to the owner of the manufacturer to, understand their value like what do they value what do they think is important making sure that we are working with people that we trust that mm-hmm. we trust to have them do the work for our brands uh, essentially and in certain case we, we do have this uh, transparency tab on our system where all brands have access to so these are all informations that we made available to the brands which the brands can also make available to their end consumers essentially we do a lot of uh, detailed dive in into the manufacturers we understand their history um their mission and vision and what they are doing on the sustainability and ethics side to yeah to um understand their standpoint on those issues
0: so there'd be like on each supplier there's a mini company profile
1: yes there is yeah
0: mm-hmm. okay and so how do if i am a i want to create a range how do I go about it with you? What happens? How does your, well, do your process work? So if if I am a new business and I want to start working with you, what do I need to have? And how, how do we start? What happens? What's the process? Yeah. Uh,
1: so we talk to every single brand that we work with because it's a very high-touch personal ex- relationship that we have with our brands. And before brands are onboarded, they will schedule a call with me and we walk through what exactly... Does our off service entail and how how it works essentially? So we run a monthly subscription base. Uh, people can enroll with us anytime and they can cancel anytime as long as there is no pending task. And we also offer the first month, um, no question, ask refund. Uh, We actually have over 95% of retention rate right now. So we're very confident with our service and what our brands are receiving. Uh, But after they decide to onboard, they then will have access to our system and everything will be done on the system. Uh, Trust me, like a lot of brands were telling me that it's it's incredible that we have this system where they can do everything in one place mm-hmm. so they can request a sample directly over there where they specify the size range the tag pack if they have and um we then can be we, we then will be able to start fabric searching so they can initiate a fabric searching as well and then we search fabric we upload the fabric information all onto the dashboard And on average, we find three different fabric for brands when they put like one fabric search information with composition, color, and all of the you know videos or image support that information that they have. And brands then will be able to say, okay, I like this fabric. Let's move on with a sample creation with this fabric that you found. And we will then be able to start getting the fabric and sending to the sample room and one thing to note is that we are having a very strong nexus network of suppliers in like a very condensed place in guangzhou china that's Mm -hmm. the fashion hub of china where a lot of you know global fashion brands produce their items but essentially uh the fabric market is huge that we we have access to which is like less than 10 minutes away from our office and then the fabric Once the fabric is purchased, we send them to the sample room and our office is located in in the biggest sample building. So we we have access to 10 different sample rooms for now and we're onboarding more and more over time. And we immediately get the fabric to the one sample room that is available. Um, which means it's extremely fast. The way we do sampling uh, normally it takes three to five days after the fabric has been found that we can, we will be able to complete the sample. Um, and then after that, uh, we upload the picture to a system. Brands will be able to make any comments. If it's something the sample room can directly fix, they will fix. Uh, otherwise we can ship the product to the, um, brands normally takes less than a week for us and roughly also a week for uk mm-hmm. brands as well to receive the item by air and and yeah and after that they will be able to let's say i don't i don't like this part that part switch the fabric we also ship them additional fabric too so they can switch the fabric if they wish as well so another round of sampling or we can directly move on to bulk production
0: and can i ask, so then the person who the the company or the supplier that's made the sample, they are also going to make the bulk production? Is that always not,
1: n- not Not necessarily, depending on the quantity. So if it's less than, let's say, 30 to 50 pieces, then likely the production will happen in the sample room because it's the fastest and... They don't have any mini model quantity, so yeah. honestly, we don't have any MOQ for our brands. They can do ten pieces, they can do twenty pieces. However, if it's the quantity is bigger, it will just be much more cost saving if we use bigger manufacturers to do the work, and in which case, because we, we follow through the process in sampling, we understand exactly what the brand is looking for, and mm. we will ask to have one sample item we can use to benchmark. We can guarantee that it's the same item because we do the fabric sourcing and we took care of the detail uh, the, the, the details call out that brands have to ensure that no matter which manufacturers we end up working with, we have the right fabric, we have the right Uh, technical benchmark yeah that we can use for yeah
0: and in terms of the price negotiation that happens on your platform between the brand owner and the supplier that happens that way does it there's
1: no price negotiation so um we are a marketplace so we don't make we don't we, we don't own any manufacturers on our end first of all and secondly Uh, when brands have any target price, they can list out on our platform. So we will benchmark that target price because some brands are very price sensitive, uh, which is understandable. And we will make sure that when we search for the fabric and look for the manufacturer, we have that keep in mind. but some brands are not as much, then we find the best quality manufacturers for them. One thing to keep in mind is we, it's like in our model, it's not like a one one price covering everything type of model. We want to ensure that we are finding the best fabric and we are finding the best players for each process. For example, when you are creating a uh, tie-dye hoodie you do the tie-dye in different manufacturer. you do the embroidery in different manufacturer, and you do the cut and sew in a different manufacturer. So already it involves three different manufacturers. Uh, when you work directly with manufacturers, they give you one price because they just allocate the task to their uh, partner and manufacturer and getting the fabric for you, but for us, we clearly list out Mm -hmm. how much it costs in each process. So whenever you feel brands feel like, okay, tie-dye is too expensive, then the way to work around is either we switch tie-dye manufacturer, might be less quality, or we take out the tie-dye process. Then you can see the cost drop down by $8 per piece, for example.
0: So, but I'm just curious as to, so I know that the the brand founder or owner pays pays the subscription fee to resource fashion but how do they pay for the product and who do they pay the product oh yeah
1: they, so, and how do they so, do that,
0: that price negotiation yeah. or you uh-huh. know
1: there's there's no real price negotiation because we want to step away from the traditional apparel production where everything is just it, it feels like old time you know like where you have to negotiate everything but if you think about when you get an Uber, you don't really negotiate the price because this it's a free market. Uh, over time, we will also be able to have a bidding system where manufacturers can mm-hmm. see uh, see this this model this order and then they can bid on the order. And in mm-hmm. that way, it's just much better user experience on the on the uh, brand side. It's tiring to have to negotiate all the time and also. Um, with different manufacturers, um, the the process also can be different. So we want to standardize the process over time, so that it can be a very smooth experience for brands. As I said, if there is a target price, brand can list out, and we will take that into consideration. Another thing with apparel is brands oftentimes are not aware of when they cut when they negotiate on the price. It could also mean that manufacturers are sacrificing on the quality. Mm-hmm. So there is a cost built into everything, everything from the fabric, the trim, to workers working hour to dyeing to uh, embroidery. So the cost cutting has to go somewhere and our model enable them to see very clearly how the much cost it right costs in each process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they, they can very clearly tell us, okay, I don't like that, let's do this. So yeah, that's the process and, we're doing this right now.
0: And then just in terms of payment then, who does the brand founder pay? Um. So they will pay
1: through our system. We issue yeah. the invoice, but the payment directly goes to the manufacturer. Right. Just yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. we 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 charge fifty percent upfront for bulk
0: production to trigger
1: the production, and the remaining fifty percent is shipping right before the shipping.
0: But the sampling process is covered by the subscription cost. It's not sampling okay.
1: cost fifty dollars per piece for now, and that does not include shipping the fabric. So uh, we do not want to have any incentive in finding cheaper fabric for brands, Um, that's why it's essentially like brands will tell us the type of fabric they want we look for it for them and um we charge fifty dollar per piece for sample making to make the process easier because sometimes it's more sometimes it's less but yeah. sampling it's just yeah it's just one piece and we take the cost at, 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 as well sometimes yeah
0: okay and um so is it only ladies fashion at the moment or is it um would you go into other areas as well
1: we definitely will expand to other areas like women's uh, like men's and children's but now predominantly our brands are women's fashion brands uh, some of them are one size as well especially with streetwear it's not that different so mm-hmm. we we're happy to take men's wear if it's more casual stuff um yeah. and over time we're definitely expanding to also you know athletic wear and uh knitwear right now we're mostly doing non knitwear and non athletic wear uh, women's contemporary type of stuff.
0: Okay, great. So when did you when did you start? It's quite, uh, it's, started, very, it's quite new, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's quite new. So as I said last year after our fashion brand we started a wholesale marketplace that's where we started. That's where we thought uh that's what we thought would be the solution to minimum order quantity. Because if you buy wholesale, then the product's already, you know, completed. There's no minimum order quantity in that case. We've done. We did that for a couple months. We raised our fund through that idea. Uh, we launched the wholesale marketplace um, last year, October-ish, and we then realized that we do want to move more upward to be able to you know, touch the supply chain because there's a lot of quality issue with, with wholesale and mm-hmm. increasingly we're seeing that there is this group of young people having so many ideas about what they want to create. They don't want to just buy someone else's yeah. product and, yeah. and add a add label. It's not cool. And uh, with that realization we start to build out our own supply chain capacity uh, around like no- November December of last year so we're pretty new with this new model but we're now working with almost 20 brands and um, they're on their for, for their production it's right. a wide range of brands as well we have mm-hmm. like award-winning grassroots uh, streetwear brands we also have venture-backed startup that is building creator marketplace uh we also have you know individual entrepreneur that is very ambitious and highly driven Mm -hmm. we also have sustainable label that wants to create in small batch production so really a a wide range of different brands that we work with
0: and from the communication point of view and i know that you touched on that because that is that can take so much time for a small business you know you know you've got if you get over the minimum order quantity you get over the quality hurdle and you've got the time it's the communication side of things so do you then you deal with all the communication between with the supplier and then you yeah. deal with all the communication with the brand owner yeah so and, and owner also
1: yeah, yeah, exactly uh, yeah. i also want to highlight the fact that so we are a startup. We're not like traditional agency. Like my mom's model is very traditional where they have these 15 people of her employee that does a communication, but it's very hands-on. It's very high touch. But over time, we are building a system that can leverage technology essentially. So right now, we are, well, our back end is powered by our internal tool that directly connect uh, the data that brands input into the back end system of these sample room and manufacturers so everything is like streamlined in that sense as well when i when you say, when i say a communication it's partially communication but also a lot of technology that is built in and help with the communication because every like man made communication is error prone we want to eliminate yeah. that as much as possible so all of the when, when brands work with us, there are information that we require and request to ensure that um, there is as little miscommunication as possible as they pass on information into the manufacturers.
0: And what kind of information is that that you need from the brands mm-hmm. to eliminate yeah. that error? So there are a couple of ways that we we'll currently
1: work with brands to produce a sample. Either they have tech pack, which is great. Uh, our sample rooms can read tech pack perfectly. and uh, on on top of that if the brands uh, don't have tech pack but they know exactly what they are producing it can be a product they love and they want to create with different fabric they can directly ship the product to us they can ship us the fabric as well simpler, so we yeah. mm-hmm, and we will be able to produce in that way uh, or if they have a image of the product they want to produce we can even do the, do it just through the image they upload we can recommend fabric for them start from there and then produce a prototype However, if the, the uh, brands have a lot of idea about what they want, but they don't have a tech pack, we are now working to onboard uh, some very talented tech pack designer that brands can directly hire on our marketplace to work with them to first produce tech pack and then pass on to us.
0: Fantastic. Sounds like you have got everything covered. So Zichi, if people want to work with resource fashion, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, so there are a couple ways. We are on Instagram, we're on TikTok, uh, but most effective way is to go to our website and you can directly schedule a call from there with me. And uh, we will talk through about the needs of the brands and all the processes about how to work with us. Uh, And from there, you also will be able to use a code that's specifically for Nicole's um, listener or audience. Thank you very much for that. So uh, it will be NICO 100 and with that code, you will be able to get $100 off for the first month of subscription with us.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you very much for doing that. And thank you very much for joining me. If you want to hear more from me, then you can check me out on Instagram at at the and And I am here with Start, Scale, Succeed every Thursday. If you've enjoyed the podcast, I'd love for you to leave a review and I'll see you again next week.